turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to talk uh, about dangerous times um, and dangers to you. I, I, I think often um, we fail to understand the danger of our life, the, the different things that could and couldn't happen, the things that are going on that are important, that are affecting us. And maybe we bypass that and we don't really see how important it really is. But this morning we're going to look at a passage where uh, the followers of Jesus, his disciples, the ones that were, were with him, uh, they missed it. They missed what he, was going on and they were struggling with one temporary issue when there was a greater issue at hand. Please uh, stand in honor of God's word. And I'd like to read to you this first section here of Matthew chapter 16. God's word says this, and the, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and to test him. And they asked to show him a sign from that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today for the sky is red, the appearance of the sky. But you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they began discussing it among themselves, saying, we brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, O you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000? And how many baskets were gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000? And how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to be aware of the leaven of bread, but the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. God, use your word this morning in our lives. Uh, may it be food for us. May it be corrective and may it be teaching. May it change out our own thoughts, our wisdom from a below. May it change that out in our hearts that we might hear from you and have wisdom from above. God, you, you know how much we're needy. Um, God, I ask that you reveal that as well and meet our needs in yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Last week, uh, our family was gone. Uh, we weren't here. We didn't get to worship with you, and we missed being with you. Uh, we missed being at this church with this group of people. Um, and so it's good to be back. 
As we look at this first section here, I, I just titled this first section, Dangerous Times. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, when you see them together in Scripture, realize this. They are not allies. They are not allies. The Pharisees and the Sadducees. You might, the Pharisees and the scribes, possibly. But the Pharisees and the Sadducees were hated rivals. One, it would be like political parties. If you saw the Democrats and the Republicans agreeing on something, you would know that it would be something unusual. You would know that they were uh, united against a common enemy. Well, if you look at this passage and you see their common enemy, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Uh, one group wanting, uh, considering themselves the conservatives, and they were uh, legalistic and, and hated and were even violent to the point of violent. And the others being more popular among the people. Uh, some would consider liberal and uh, just seeking popularity. But in this, they come together. And you'll see them together in other places in the book of Matthew. And what, what happens is they come together to go after Jesus. The Pharisees and the Sadducees come together and they come to test Jesus, it says. And if you can get a picture, most of you here this morning uh, acknowledge that Jesus, as he is in the book of Matthew recorded, that he is Lord, Lord of all. And the idea that uh, a man or a group of men would come to test Lord of all, uh, there's something blasphemous and disrespectful to that. that, that it's, it's repulsive to think that men would come and point the finger at Jesus and say, we've got some questions. You need to do this. Respond to us. We will question you to see if you're legitimate. And they ask uh, to test him. It's as if they're saying, do something neat for us that we might be impressed Come to us, do us a trick uh, so that we know that you are from God. And and when I, I think about this and I think about where we are in the book of Matthew, I realize that Jesus had done miracle upon miracle upon miracle. He'd already done it. He had shown them over and over again. They'd heard the testimony, maybe even seen it with their own eyes. And yet they come again and they say, uh, we will test you to see if we uh, deem you the one that somebody should follow. They come and they desire this. And Jesus' response to them is, uh, Jesus never uh, gives them control. Uh, he, he never allows them to guide the conversation. He says, uh, you, th- this is what your question is. Let me ask you a few questions. Let me take it a different uh, method. And he goes to the weather report. Um, he says this. He says, when it's evening, you may say it'll be, uh, it'll be fair weather, for the sky is red. And the, the picture there is they had these ancient ways of reading the weather. They would look to the sky and they would see the, the red in the sky. And they say, oh, it's going to be clear weather. It's going to be clear weather because this happens every day. I've seen this over and over again. Uh, this is the weather pattern for us here. I, I know how to do that. 
And he says, even you sometimes are, are wise and you see that same type of weather thing at night, and it means something different during the morning. In the morning, it may be that you see that same picture in the sky and you go, oh no, here it comes. The weather's going to change. He points to this typical weather report that they would have done in these ancient times. And he says, you're good at predicting the weather. Neat. Neat. You're able to do something that that you find helpful today. It, it, interesting about the weather report. I don't know if you've known this. Notice this. It changes, right? It changes, especially in Tehachapi. You know, it's, it's fun being a weather a reporter in Tehachapi. You you say, it's going to be sunny. And when it starts raining in the middle of summer, you say, well, eventually it's going to be sunny, right? You know, there's something going on. You, you can always, eventually you're going to be right. Weather's great. Jesus says, you're able to do that. You're able to see that. But let me point you to something greater that you're not able to see. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, if they would have been able to read what was going on in their generation, this is what they would have seen. They would have seen this, verse 4, an evil and adulterous generation. That's what he deemed it. He said, what's going on right now, if you could see what was happening, you would see it to be an evil and adulterous generation. Uh, for people who prided themselves on being right, Pharisees and Sadducees, religious leaders, they weren't the common man. Uh, I'm pretty sure this would have been offensive, what he said to them. He says, if you could see, you are part of a present uh, generation that can be looked upon as evil and adulterous. The word evil is the idea of embracing or pushing away, uh, embracing that which is evil, but just pushing away that which is good, choosing that which is uh, wrong in the eyes of God. They turned away from that which is good. And to say it another way, he says adulterous. It's the idea that um, they looked upon their their life had rejected their vows as God's people. Their life had rejected the vows of God's people. You see, there's a very intimate relationship that God calls us to. And this idea of being adulterous is uh, not an easy word for any of us to hear. And and the reason it's not, it's because it shows... uh, uh, a vile offense of marriage. It's not something where you've just said a, a, a loose word here and there, or uh, you, you did some selfish act for a moment that had little implications, but you rejected the vows of marriage. And Jesus says, this is what's true of this generation. And you think I'm thinking of this generation. He was talking about that generation, but this can be said of this generation as well, right? That we, and, and, and I want to make this distinction. He is not looking to the common man of their, he's looking to them as God's people. And I want to tell you, this is not about a culture, a country. 
This is about the ones who call themselves God's people. That we have a unique relationship with Him. We have vows that we have with Him. And for us, those vows are meant to be played out every day, every day, every little decision we make, every, every little thing that goes on. We live out our vows to God. We live out that relationship. And Jesus uh, said, you may understand the weather, but you can't look around and see what's happening because if you did, you would see this, an evil and adulterous generation. And as he pointed to them and as he uh, characterized what they were a part of, he said, they seek for a sign, but no sign will be given except uh, the sign of Jonah. No new sign. When they came pointing their finger to test Jesus, he says, you're going to get nothing from me. You're not going to get a sign. I'm not going to do a trick for you. I'm not going to play your little game where I have to prove to you over and over again that I am good, that I'm kind. But you can go back and go back to the book of Jonah and you can see in the prophet Jonah what happened in his life and know that I'm that same God. When he looks back to the book of Jonah and says the sign of Jonah, there's a couple of things that I would point out to you about uh, that time period. First of all, uh, Jonah was a prophet. He came with a message uh, for a wicked people that said, repent. And they did repent. There was a, a response to that. But what Jonah is most known for are the the time in the belly of a great fish, right? The three days. And, and that connects, Jesus is connecting that with something that he is going to do. And what is that? He's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to be in the tomb three days. Rise again. Rise again. He says, I've given you all that you need. You will have all that you need in me. He doesn't elaborate. He says, you, you be given the sign of Jonah. And then it says, so he left them and departed. He had no time for people who were in their pride, wanting to ask questions of him and not repent and not uh, come to him. We go uh, from dangerous times that we live in to a dangerous food. Do you guys think a lot about food? Are you hungry? Some of you are wondering if there's going to be any snacks in between services. Some of you are thinking about what's for lunch. Hungry. You know, what, what are we going to have? Uh, some of you get worried about lunch too, right? You're worried. Uh, you, you're going, uh, what are we going to eat? How's that going to happen? You know, what, what's going to go on? You, you might relate to this next section. Um, as I have related. You, you look at this in verse 5. Uh, you, you see, when the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. They'd forgotten their lunch. Uh, you ever forgotten your lunch? Forgotten your wallet? Uh, you come up to lunchtime and you realize that you have no food, you have no money. And you start 
fidgeting and you start getting frantic and you start thinking of ways that you can rectify this. This is the way the disciples were. They hadn't taken care of business. Uh, They had forgotten to bring bread. Um, And in the midst of them thinking that, Jesus says this. He said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Pharisees and the Sadducees had, had just shown themselves to be who they are. People who don't want to bend the knee. Uh, they, they don't want to learn from Jesus. They don't want to be changed by Jesus and then lead others to be changed as well. They wanted to maintain their position. They wanted to take Jesus out. And so Jesus points to his disciples, his followers, and he says, Look, I, I want to warn you about something. I want to tell you, uh, I want to warn you that something is dangerous for you. And what is it? The warning, the warning is that they would beware and be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So they hear that warning. And what's their response? They started begin talking, discussing among themselves. Verse 7, what do they begin discussing? Well, what's the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? What's Jesus talking about? Uh, that's not what it says, right? What, what, what did they begin discussing among themselves? Food. Food. What's for lunch? Where are we going to go after church? You know, how are we going to get nourished? Like, we're going to die out here. We forgot food. Jesus says, beware of the... I, I don't want to talk about that right now, Jesus. I'm hungry. I... Jesus, uh, you, you, Jesus is talking about that, but look, how are we going to get some food here? How are we going to get some food? You, you get this interesting picture. Jesus is teaching and they're like, but we're hungry. But, but we don't have any food. Maybe you've done this. Maybe you've uh, acted this way. The Lord's teaching you and he's sharing his word with you and you're, he's giving you the deep lessons, but they're not easy. And, and they take some time and they take some focus on your part. And you're like, yeah, but what's for lunch? You know, it's interesting about lunch. It's going to happen tomorrow, too. It's going to happen the next day. You know, I, I've eaten a lot of lunches in my time, right? No comments, please. Okay, some of you are thinking, yeah, you have. Uh, it, you know what? It, it, it's interesting. We meals they they come, they come and they go, and and we may be able to celebrate a meal and talk about how great one meal was, but ultimately it will be over and done. Jesus shares with them an uh, important warning, and all they can think about is, we don't have any food. How are we going to get food? You look down at verse 8. Jesus is aware of what they're talking about. It says this, Jesus, aware of this, said, O you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? The answer? Because we're hungry. Uh, You know, probably they were wise enough not to answer that way, but they were like, Jesus, I'm not getting it, you know. The reason we're talking about food is because we're hungry. 
and we don't have any food and it, it's a, a bad situation. You know, we haven't brought any food with us. We don't we don't have any resources. Jesus, this is why we're talking about food. It's it's obvious. It's practical. You, you should be able to get this. But Jesus reminds them of this and he says, do you not yet perceive? And then he brings up two things. Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Think about that right now. Think about that. Jesus, what he does for them, they're worried about a single meal. They're worried about a single meal. And what Jesus does, he says that you're talking about it, you're worried about it, you blew it, right? It was your own fault that you don't have a meal because you didn't bring any food. Um, and, and, and you say, well, you know, this is the issue of the day. We don't have provision. And Jesus says, don't you remember a couple of chapters back? Just a couple of chapters. Twice. He, he points to something that I find interesting. First of all, he points to two miracles where he took uh, a few loaves, some fish, and uh, he made it enough for 5,000 and then 4,000, plus women and children, right? A lot of people. He did a miracle. and But he says, so I can, I can take care of lunch. If lunch needs to be taken care of, I can take care of it. But not just that, he said, he says, and don't you remember what I made you do? Go gather up the baskets of the leftovers. One and one, and one the first one was 12 baskets and the other was seven. 12 baskets, I think, because they probably had to look at it. Each one had a basket and they were looking at it going, oh, wow. I, they should have been able to remember. They should have been able to see in the rearview mirror, Jesus had taken care of us in the past. Mark that right there. Jesus had taken care of them in the past. That's important. That's important. That's important for you and me to mark times in our life where we see clearly that Jesus has taken care of us. And you say, well, why? Why is that so important to remember? I'm all about the future. I don't remember anything in the past. Uh, I, I want to tell you, the reason to remember what Jesus has done in the past in your life is because the challenges of the present and the future. You see, they, they were worried about lunch. And no one should ever be worried about lunch around Jesus. Because they knew that he could provide out of nothing. He could take anything and make lunch out of it. Um, we, we see this and he says this, uh, verse 11. He says, how is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? And he says, he says it again. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So leaven. We have some bakers here in our midst. What does leaven do? Well, first of all, it's kind of cool, right? It's, 
it 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 changes right it, it it seems interesting that you put it within the dough and you you put the leaven in there and you just walk away and uh, what happens it's not the same when you you get back right it's grown it has permeated the dough and it is starting to change it and make it grow in different ways than if it wasn't in there that's what leaven does leaven is not the bread it is what changes the bread. And Jesus takes this uh, small thing and he says, the Pharisees and the Sadducees have a leaven that you need to be aware of. There's something, there's a danger for you that this leaven, this small little thing, it's interesting, when you see what leaven does, the, the idea of, and you see how small it is to begin. You say, wow, it's insignificant. It doesn't seem like anything. And yet Jesus warns them and he says, be, be warned, beware. It's dangerous for you. What's dangerous? The leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And we see at the end here, as... Uh, Jesus has caused them to beware of it. This is what they understood in verse 12. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Well, uh, let me uh, make this observation. Sometimes we look at teaching as being no big deal. It's just a lesson. It's just a conversation. It's just a sermon. It's just um, a, an article I read. It's not a big deal. I'm not dumb enough to believe it. I'm not dumb enough to believe it. I, I want to tell you that we act on what we believe to be true. Uh, the food that we ingest, it becomes us. It changes us. And if the food is healthy, then we will be healthy. If the food is not healthy, we will become weak and sick. And Jesus was going to his followers, his disciples, and he's saying, look, be careful. Be careful what you eat. Because what you've been eating, and, and this is a subtle thing, but the, it's bread. Is bread good for you? Yes, it's, it's food. It was sustenance for them. But if it had been polluted by the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, guess what? It is not good for them. And so there's this, this idea of pollution in this passage that says, beware that the food that you're eating has not been polluted. Beware that it hasn't been touched by the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. As we look at this, um, I, I want to give uh, us three things that will realign our souls this morning. Realign our souls. Um, get us back on track. Get us back on track. Cause us to come to that right place. You know, uh, some of you say, well, I'm close enough. Close enough. I, I want to tell you, if you're just a little off in these things, down the road, it will come to be a great, great failure. 
The first one is this. And as we look through this passage, first one is this. Looking for a sign. Looking for a sign. Don't look for signs. Don't look for signs. Look to God's word. Zach shared a little bit uh, about that song that we uh, have sung. Jesus has shown him hims- us himself in his word. He's promised that he's coming back. Let us dwell on that. Let us look for Some of us are looking for something outside. We're, we're looking for some other thing. Looking for a sign. I want to tell you, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Uh, he is the one that we need. A second thing uh, that will hopefully realign us as we are here this week. Um, to remember this, that he has and will provide for you. He has provided for you and he will provide for you. As I think about our church here, um, obviously we're needy people. Obviously. Um, we... Uh, we have things going on in our lives. There's, there's things, there's challenges of the day. There's ominous signs for the days to come. And we go, oh, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't have any food. I don't have any bread. I, I didn't plan ahead. How's this all going to work out? When we do that, um, we, uh, we're looking out there and we're saying, I have to be able to see what I can do. Um, m- most of us love it. We love it when we can say, I got it. I've got it. Somebody says, you know, there's a bill coming due. And you say, no problem. I got it. I've saved. I've made money. I've been wise. A lot wiser than most of the people at Bear Valley Church. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. You say, oh, well, it's raining. Is your, is your roof leaking? Nope. Fix my roof. I take good care of my home. I got it. I got it. Someone says, well, you might lose your job. You say, don't worry about it. You know why? Because I'm smart. I'm smarter than everybody else. I got it. I got it. You say, uh, uh, your food went bad. You say, don't worry about it. I, I, I've got ways to get around that. I have a garden. I got this. I got that. I got it. I got it. But what happens when you don't got it? When things come up and when things aren't in your plan, when you can't control it anymore, when you don't have the resources, what happens then? And I want to tell you this, that we sit where the disciples sat that we can look in the rearview mirror and say, I've seen Jesus take care of me all along the road. And even though today doesn't look so good and tomorrow's not looking any better, I know that Jesus can be trusted for the days ahead. He's got it. Because I don't. He's got it. And lastly, I just want to tell you, this and this should realign our souls. Teaching matters. Teaching matters. Uh, I, I don't want this to happen, but some of you will leave Bear Valley Church, maybe even in the next year. Um, and I want to tell you, uh, go find a church. Go find a church. And you say, well, nothing will be as great as Bear Valley Church. 
That's what happens when you're in Tehachapi too long. You live in delusion. Um, but I, I want to tell you, I want to tell you, find a church that will open up God's word to you. Find a church that will, will walk with you, that you can look to God's word together. That's what kind of church you want. Don't worry if they have good snacks. Don't worry if, you know, uh, you're going to go, well, you know, they don't have a, a worship leader like Zach and just, you know, he, he, you know, he doesn't play piano and like all these other things. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Worry about the word of God. And, and because it matters. But it's not just that teaching matters on Sunday morning. It matters during the week as well. It matters who you're listening to during the week, who your friends are. You know, uh, greatest teaching does not happen on Sunday morning. Glad none of you said amen. Um, But it happens uh, around the pool. It happens in the grocery store. It happens on the phone. It happens through texts. It happens through uh, over meals and in, in conversations and walks in the morning. This is when teaching is happening. And for you to be aware that that's impacting you. Sometimes you wonder, where did I get that crazy idea? You got that crazy idea from your parents who had that crazy idea. From your friends who had that crazy idea. Uh, from the articles, from the news reports that you read, from the things you watch, the things you listen to. This is where you get your crazy ideas. It's not from God. It's not from God. And I want to tell you, teaching matters. The diet that you have will become who you are. And I want to tell you, spiritually, it's super important that you watch over your own heart in this. Jesus was with his disciples and he warned them about this. We, we, we don't have Jesus sitting in the front row here with us and saying, uh, you know, don't do, he, he doesn't speak to us in that way today. How much more for us that we might be careful about wrong teaching coming into us? Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. We ask your blessing on your church. We ask that we would uh, be careful listeners this morning and that we would cling to Jesus as our one true source and that we would beware of those who would delude it. We would beware of people who would mess it up with their own thoughts. And God, we ask that we would humbly seek you, that we might know you. Thank you for your word guiding us. In Jesus' name, amen.